0: I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to The Jimbo Paris Show. Hello, I am Jimbo Paris, and welcome to The Jimbo Paris Show. So today we have Sarah Elise Rose, and she's going to be talking today about how she uses her techniques to help make the business environment more enjoyable for everyone. Hello, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. How are you doing, Jimbo?
0: Excellent, excellent. So can you begin by giving me a brief summary about yourself, who you are, what you're about, and what your message is?
1: Yeah, so I'm a stress management coach based out of Chicago, and I work with people to improve their stressful situations at the workplace and at home, and also just in general to have more fun in their lives so they can enjoy their successes.
0: How do you make them enjoy their successes more?
1: Well, we talk about ways that they are using their time. So let's say they are always at networking events, but they're only focusing on maybe business networking events. So thinking outside of the box, fun solutions for them to have after work versus keeping it pretty much, you know, same pace all the time.
0: Okay, okay. So can you sort of give me a bit of a story on how you were passionate and motivated into sort of doing this in your life.
1: Well, for me, I first started my journey with health and wellness. I was a burned out Pilates trainer and I found that I was going to these networking events all the time with happy hours and it really wasn't working for myself. So what I told myself that I needed to do was Take on activities that brought me joy. So I love fitness. I decided to take yoga because I wasn't that great at it. And though it was challenging, it used a different part of my brain than I was used to.
0: And sort of kind of tell me why you value challenges. Why?
1: I value challenges so much because... It makes me go into a different realm than I'm used to. And this way I'm using different portions of my brain because we tend to live in a flight or fight mode. Hmm. And what I want to do is get outside of the box for my own self so that I can inspire others to do the same in theirs. And I love trying new things. And that's something I encourage all my clients to do as well.
0: All right. And how did you take your your sort of... Motivations and passions, and then build it into a business because that may have been a little bit tough considering that you had to move from focusing generally on helping people to now turning that into a process where you have to market and use it to make money.
1: Well, I strongly believe investing in your own self is the most important thing you can do. So I found a business coach that spoke to my messaging and we worked on my specific target market and the the reason why I wanted to start this business. And it was to begin to work with corporate professionals on their stress because I had experienced that firsthand as a burned out Pilates instructor teaching corporations how to improve their fitness. But there's so much more. And I think people get so wrapped up in fitness is the way to de-stress. And get my energy out. But there's so many other ways to take care of yourself.
0: And can you kind of begin by getting into your three pillars now? Yeah.
1: So my three pillars are stress management and fitness and nutrition. And self-care kind of goes hand in hand with stress management. So I'll start with that one. And just ways to manage stress. I always start simple because people don't take time for themselves. So if we can find even a moment in their day to take a deep breath, chances are they're going to be refocusing in their energy and in their body systems and release some of the tension in their body. So that's always where I start is with stress management. Then we dig a little deeper and we go and target what's exactly irritating your gut. So a lot of times it is hand in hand with stress, but oh, I'm feeling very much lightheaded in the afternoon. And then when I find out there's a lot of brain fog that is happening, it's because they haven't eaten that day or they've they prolonged their meal. So they're they're waiting until the very end or they might've had two cups of coffee. So they're all caffeinated and haven't had a glass of water. So that's the second one. And then I add the element of fitness because that is what I started with And when all is said and done, it's the last layer to get that health and wellness to come full circle for their life.
0: And why is stress the first one? Why do you think that one is so ideal?
1: I think it's the last thing that is taught to us as kids. And so that is the least likely thing that someone is going to work on managing in their life. And because of it, I want to get that as their, their way of starting their day is what's your morning routine like? What's like one positive thing you could do that morning to set your tone of the day right? Versus I have to move. I have to get out of my house. I have to have my two cups of coffee before I'm even out the door. Because chances are when you live in that energetic level, that heightened energetic level, you're going to make mistakes at work. Productivity might be down. You might have not eaten a meal. And everything falls off the wagon.
0: And what do you think keeps all of this in line the most? I understand stress is the most important, but what do you think is the core fundamental that can keep someone consistent? Because you mentioned a lot on productivity and you have to be consistent to sort of get that productivity working.
1: That's a really good question. I think with a lot of people, they need uh, some sort of almost like a positive affirmation for themselves to begin their day so that they can start to believe in themselves. Like if you start with a saying, you know, I'm going to crush this meeting today and you say it out loud and you hear yourself saying it, it's going to put you in some sort of energy different from maybe where you once thought that could be. So mainly focusing on, the positive aspect of it and start with small habitual changes because that can lead to big results and so that your productivity can increase.
0: And were there any influential people in your life that sort of moved this into you?
1: Yeah, definitely my father. He, for many years, he was my rock. And I, you know, I saw a lot of my own tendencies in him growing up a little bit type A, but also I tended to hold all my emotions inside and uh, watching him. He was the hardest worker I knew. So that was something I inspired to be. But then at the same time, I saw that he didn't make time for himself. So when he was exhausted at night, he would grab crappy things out of the fridge And it made me realize that it wasn't something that he could continue with for the rest of his life. So although he was influential and he gave me the best advice ever, he gave me the gift of understanding what self-care meant and, and what I needed to do to improve my health. When I was around 26, he got sick. Uh, he was diagnosed with kidney cancer and, and metastasized rather quickly. And from there, you know, in his last couple of days, he said, please, Sarah, please continue with your health journey. But I know you're just like me. You have your tendencies to emotionally eat. Like I've caught you, you've caught me. And I just want you to know that as your dad There's so much more in this life for you. So just keep on pushing on and give your gifts to the world. So that was, it meant a lot to me. And I'm continuing with my purpose on my stress management journey in my own life and
0: others. That's very good. And I'm sorry to hear about that, but that must have really, you sort of carry that story now with yourself. So in a sense, you do keep that alive, you know, so. That's very good to know. Thank you. Now, Thank you. what is sort of your ideal client? What do you think your ideal client is?
1: My ideal client is basically someone like my father. <laughs> uh, someone that is a high achiever, but tends to overwork themselves to the point that they don't understand how to make time for themselves. At the same time, they are able to listen respond and take action in their own life so that they can move on with their stressors and start a new story for themselves.
0: And what would you consider a client that may be better off going somewhere else?
1: I would say someone that um, consistently is telling themselves the same old story or th- this all also happens a decent amount. And I have a referral system of dietitians. but I think they want a quick fix. And so they sometimes want a, a food plan. And although a food plan is great, it's not going to get you a change, a habitual change in your life. It takes much more than that. It's a mindset thing. It's a brain and body connection. I'm very big on that brain and body connection because if you motivate the mind, the body will definitely follow. But understanding that they can do anything that they set their mind to versus living in their past and telling them, well, this is how I've been. Just give me a quick fix. That's not going to solve everything.
0: And Would you consider yourself more of an intuitive eater or more of a calorie tracker? I'm assuming you're a little bit more on the intuitive side. I am too,
1: yeah, I'm definitely on the intuitive side it It just it makes a lot more sense. I do there's certain programs that I do promote. Uh, some people love intermittent fasting, and I always say, Hey, if that works for you, and if your doctor says that that's something that's okay, then sure, I can help you put that into your routine, but I'm definitely. More And I think because I had my own emotional eating issues, I'm an advocate for intuitive eating. You know, if there's a PB&J you absolutely have to have, have that PB&J, but also pause before you have it and be like, is this really what I want right now? Or is my body actually needing, you know, that fruit or some vegetables or a mix of a sandwich with all those things?
0: right. And I think the thing that people get wrong with intuitive eating is that there's still rules. It's just that the rules are very flexible. Exactly. And Because of that, you create a lifestyle. And I want to hear more about this mind, body and connection. So how do you sort of see that?
1: I think it all started with my Pilates business, to be honest. When I, I was first getting into Pilates, it's all about breath work, right? Deep inhale through the nose, exhale, push all that air out. And you're really getting in there. And that's the first thing I learned. All my clients were like, wow, I feel these muscles that I I never knew I had. And then when I started adding or layering on that health coaching component, I noticed that my clients were like, wow, well, I'm aware of my butt support but I don't know exactly what's going on in the rest of my body and with the mind. So what I focus in on is that intuitive eating component and then layering in stress reduction techniques, either, you know, meditation or a fun activity for your brain, you know, even a puzzle you're using every portion of your body for that activity. So again, out of the box ways to go about, Self-care.
0: And why do you think this applies to people mainly in business?
1: I think they are. And don't get me wrong, you know, solo entrepreneurs, you too. They, They are all also stressed. But I think with corporations, because there's usually a boss and other coworkers that you have to get to know and relate with a lot in meetings, they have almost two different sides. They're they're kind of stressed out, working, hunched shoulders vibe. And then I'm performing side with their coworkers and bosses. So they're always on at the computer or at their meetings. I think they have a little bit of a tough time trying to balance it all.
0: You think they may have a tougher time than, let's say, well, they should, though, compared to an average person that does more moving work, like an electrician?
1: I would say almost like electrician work would be therapeutic because you're using your hands, you're moving your body. You don't, you just focus in on the project and you don't always have to socialize. And especially for those that are a bit more introverted, being around people all the time could be exhausting.
0: And sort of, do you have some very interesting client success stories?
1: I do. And a lot of it has come down to the ad of fun. And I never thought, to be honest, I thought I was just going to be a gut health coach and just specialize in that. And then as time got time went on a lot of my clients, that was their underlying thing was I'm stressed out, corporate professions, professional. And I was like, okay, let's reevaluate. So one of my clients uh, is a CFO of her company. And she was spending hours and hours upon hours of work. And she never had an assistant. And I said, well, that seems a little silly to me, because you're doing so much for the company. And we talked about it more and it was because she's such a type a personality that she didn't want to let anyone else in to help. And I said, well, what would it look like stress wise if you did add this person into your life and you taught them everything you would like to be done? She said, well, I think I would be able to have a lot more fun in my life. And so she asked her boss, she was a little nervous about it. She asked her boss and he said, of course, We can start hiring a person right away if that's what you need. You know, I don't want you to be stressed out of this job. And there you go. It was just a quick win for her. Uh, Another one of my clients, she actually, we had a whole gut health journey. So we were finding fun ways to cook because she was so sick of the regimented. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. The regimented, I need a protein, a grain, some vegetables, boom, my dinner. <laughs> or that's my breakfast. That's my lunch. The same old thing. So I told her to look up Michelin star recipes or go to Michelin star restaurants and just play, you know, try new things. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And as soon as she did that, she looked at food so differently. And then two months later, she told me that her natural doctor, her functional medicine doctor, said everything was down. Her vitals were looking better than ever. And that just was my biggest aha moment. Like, this is where I need to be.
0: And when you continue on to build your business, what are some of the key products or resources you distribute to other people? Now, I think the Michelin restaurants was one of your pieces of advice, but what else do you sort of provide?
1: One thing that I provide for my clients is I have different workbooks. So I have an e-workbook and it's called follow your gut. And that's where I usually start with all my clients. And it's digging deeper into what's going on in the body. Kind of what i talked about earlier with the brain fog, identifying where this actually takes place. Like, is it actually your brain or is it your stomach that's growling? And what do we need to do to replenish the body and then also the soul? So that's that's one thing I give them is my Follow Your Gut e-workbook. And then another resource, I just love recipes. The Minimalist Baker, for those of you that have a sweet tooth, that is usually a resource I give to my clients to kind of get them thinking outside the box for their desserts and choosing healthier options in the kitchen.
0: I'm interested to know, what are your rules that you incorporate into your system?
1: For me, I need a morning ritual. And even though sometimes I work super early, so I'll teach my Pilates students, maybe 6am to 9am. And then I have later clients, but I always have an hour and a half break in the morning where I focus in on me. So, I journal whatever I'm feeling that day. I I love puzzles, so that's probably why I tell my clients to do puzzles. I either do that or I read a wealth consciousness book to kind of get me in that headspace of the future self because I believe that we're always growing as humans. I don't want to stay in one place. I always am wanting to learn. And then the other thing that I add is just a little silence to either breathe or just let whatever thoughts are going on in my head to release. So those are the three things.
0: And when you're trying to teach or coach people, you probably get a lot of barriers of entry because I'm assuming a lot of these corporate people have never even really worked out before, probably, or never even dieted before. So that must have been, you know, a very big thing. And, you know, some people feel bad about that, and they shouldn't.
1: They really shouldn't, because everyone starts at their own journey. And whether you've never walked a day in your life, or you're an avid biker and never weight-lifted in your life, there's a program to meet your needs. So I really do... I emphasize that with any person that's new into my world.
0: And when you continue doing this, what were some of the challenges you faced and what were sort of the ways you overcame them?
1: The biggest challenge for me was the pandemic, as I'm sure you've heard from everyone. It's been a crazy year. But it also opened my eyes up to the things I really wanted to do. I always dreamed of expanding my Live Well Enhanced You business, and uh, one way I wanted to learn was to take a coach's advice and 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 do a course with her and learn marketing techniques. And another thing that I took was this Beyond TV boot camp, and then this the the uh, program right after called Be Scene Accelerator with uh, Chris and Jen. Of course, I can't think. It's like Gottlieb and Winfield, Chris Winfield. But what I loved about it, it was getting me comfortable with being on camera. I was a musical theater performer in college, but this was such a different way. It was the first time I felt like I wasn't acting. I was just being myself and getting comfortable on the camera to say my message and what I believed in and uh, explain why I was an expert and why I was so passionate. It really changed my perceptive of having my own business and made me want to be at the forefront for health and wellness.
0: And if someone was in your shoes, what type of advice would you give to them if they were going down the same path you were after going through those experiences you had? Because I think mistakes are sort of the things that are like stepping stones. They make us into better people. So how do you use those? challenges you had to how would you have used them to help other people
1: I would say the number one thing is do do your research that's the one thing I'm really happy I, I did don't get me wrong I bought those quick fix programs to try and learn about podcasting or let's see what else did I buy it was like marketing tools how to how to have a freebie and what it comes down to is knowing your why Why are you doing this? Why are you creating this program? Who are you? Because that's the most important thing, really developing your own messaging, because only you are you. And then the researching components, like I looked all different coaches up. And in the end, because I was doing that, I really feel, you know, that the universe kind of has your back. A coach reached out to me and she happened to be the right fit for me. So, yeah, just do your research and
0: have fun. Do your research and have fun. And why do you value having fun so much? Why do you think most people struggle at enjoying? Because I think, you know, they need to enjoy the journey. You know, it's not about the goal. It's kind of getting into that. I want to hear your opinion.
1: Yeah, and I think people focus so much on, Being the best I can at this very moment, but like celebrating the little things, the little wins. Like I remember when I had my first client book and I was like, this is huge. I've never done anything like this before. And just thinking of all the things and how I can inspire this person and, and know that this process is going to be fun for the both of us, that, that was one thing. And I think I was inspired to go back to my father when I was a kid, he always loved having fun. He was the person that'd be like, I'll go on all 50 water slides with you if you really want to. Uh, He was the one that'd be like, let's go to a Star Trek movie. And just like, he would geek out. And I just saw him, the little things and then the big things. He would just celebrate in the present. And being present is something that I want to continue with his legacy and teach other people to have fun.
0: I'm just thinking here, a lot of these people that work in businesses, how do you sort of integrate your culture and integrate your business into theirs? Do you sort of work a little bit like a contractor, if you will? Do you sort of work more as a project manager and do you sort of overlook these people? How does that whole process work? Because that must be very interesting.
1: It is. And, you know, I do a lot of research. Uh, again, research, research, but no, all jokes aside, like I do find the companies that I think resonate with my message, or I see that they've already implemented some health into their corporation already, and just trying to get them to the next layer. Because you're right, though, like corporations, they have a vibe, they have a culture already. So it's like, how do I fit in? And what I do is I get them on a Consult call, uh, this enrich your workplace, and I talk about the different things I offer to to their company and find out their company's needs and tailor it to them. So I have all different master classes: a taking time for you, a harness mindfulness, and then I also have like a myofascial release, which is more of a relaxation session for their company. So kind of seeing what fits. And then if I need to create a new program, I will do it just based on how many people are in that session or also what individuals need, because sometimes they will have me contracted for one person if they feel like they need help with productivity.
0: Now, what was sort of the route you took to sort of building your knowledge base? Because you have a BFA in musical theater, I believe. and. A lot of other things. How did that sort of how did you sort of build a lot of those skills?
1: So it's funny because I think the BFA um it helped me with public speaking for sure. And I just realized after college that musical theater is great, but I don't think it's my path for my whole life. And I loved it. I loved performing But I knew that there was something more. So I I searched for different classes. Um, I was actually a smoothie maker at a gym in Chicago. And a woman came up to me and was like, hey, have you ever thought of doing Pilates on the side while you audition for musical theater? I was like, I never did think about that. But I prefer that over waiting tables because I'm a little clumsy. And so (laughs) I did that. And I just fell in love with it. And the way I was moving my body just felt so good that I decided to expand and take more classes, bar, which kind of fit into my already uh, musical theater backgrounds. And it just kind of grew from there. I think after my dad passed was when the, the health coaching stuff really took form I went to the Integrative Institute of Nutrition. They have a year-long program that you can do and it taught you kind of coaching skills, but also nutritional principles, different kinds of diets out there and ways to collaborate, which I think honestly is the key to where my business is now. I've met some incredible, incredible business owners who have just, you know, extended their hands to help me go further with where I want to be with my Live Well Enhance You business.
0: And where do you see the future of Live Well Enhance You?
1: I really find, like, I would love to be that, that company name for all programs and eats regarding any sort of sustainability in the health and wellness field. So I, I would love to just kind of make an imprint on Fortune 500 companies and be their go-to girl to do classes, and then eventually have other people to work under the company and thrive in their their business with coaching. Because oftentimes coaches can get stuck because um, owning their own business can be overwhelming. So giving them an outlet to talk to masses of people their message would be unbelievable. And it's a huge dream of mine.
0: And you talk a lot about Pilates. Can you sort of get into what those actually are? Because (laughs) I have no idea. Is it sort of like some type of breathing exercise or yoga?
1: Yes. So it's interesting because, uh, and you know what, Jimbo, I'll send you a, a video of this afterwards after a discussion, but there there was this cartoon that kind of summed up what Pilates is. It's actually a guy that created it. His name was Joseph Pilates, and he was in an internment camp a long time ago, and he devised a, a series of movements to help you with breath and help you with strength at the same time. So he created a mat series. He called it Contrology. And a lot of it was kind of based off of a baby and how they moved and how they would rock and roll and move. And it's pretty fascinating. And then the other thing he did was he would use equipment that you'd have in your house. So one example is a bed. He kind of cut it up. He took the springs out, added some pulleys, and then created a strength training machine for that. And it's been one of the best ways to rehab an injury. Uh, A lot of people, after they have surgery, they'll go to a physical therapist and then usually come to a Pilates trainer to retrain their muscles and get them stronger than before.
0: So Pilates seems quite interesting. And what do you think are some misconceptions people have about what you do and what you provide to other people?
1: So with, um, I'd say with fitness, that... Especially with Pilates, they feel like especially a a misconception is, well, it's not really strength training. I was like, well, it depends on what kind of tension you put on it, because you can make it as hard or as easy as you want. So it's just retraining the brain that you don't need hundreds of pounds to get a good workout. And then the other one regarding you know, health coaching, I think there's a stigma just around mental health or emotional health that you kind of have to toughen up. And I think now society is starting to open up a little bit more about that and, and, and promote mental health services. But I mean, especially for guys, it can be a little bit more challenging, I, I feel. But, but just misconceptions, just being able to Understands that this is one moment in time that you don't have to live in that space and be able to move progressively on from there.
0: And when you were continuing your business and you were selling your product, can you sort of give me a bit of a rundown on your website and how the whole thing works? And if you want, I could, you can bring up your website right now if you're on your laptop and we could show it too.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, Live Well Enhance You Services, and I always do love to ask this though for the guests, or I'm sorry, because I'm a podcaster too. Before the interview, or how are you doing? How are you doing today? Doing well. Good.
0: Can you sort of run through what the program is about, and sort of how long the whole thing takes? So. When you do a three-month program, is it more of what type of change do you think most people expect within three months working with you?
1: I think people, it depends, right? I feel some people expect that they're going to completely change their life and everything's going to be perfect in three months. But then some people know, especially with whatever is going on in their life, that it's baby steps. And they're probably going to make, you know five to eight changes in their life and they're going to feel great about it. Even if it's the smallest, like again, black coffee versus putting three teaspoons of sugar in their coffee every morning, just finding little ways to improve their health and also get rid of some of the toxins in their body. So in my program, we really focus in on enhance your life. We focus in on detoxifying your life looking at everything from the inside out. So managing, kind of going up, talking about their stressors, what's currently getting in their way of enjoying their success and taking time to create and and cultivate a more positive mindset around those stressors versus beating ourselves up of those stressors.
0: And what's a typical client – Experience that you see where they need to detoxify their life when it comes to a business environment? Is it, is it a detoxification usually in where they work at or is it sort of outside in their own lives?
1: You know, some people come to me because they have a toxic work environment and we then figure out ways to make it more manageable for them or come up with ways to communicate let's say it's a boss communicate with them in an appropriate but sternful manner so that they can start excelling at work versus holding themselves back and playing it small uh for other people it might be a career shift and so they're working through um all their stress like one of my clients she was getting rashes all over her body she was uh a stressed out accountant doing taxes in tax season is extremely ridiculous with the kind of work hours that you have during that time. And she just was like inflamed everywhere in her body. So we were trying to figure out, okay, let's dig deeper. What kind of rituals or new routines we can create for her every day. So that that's something you can expect from a program with me is really digging deeper into What's actually happening in the body and making real sustainable steps to get you to reach your goals.
0: Okay. And let's go now into the individual coaching session. So, yes, no, let's stay on that screen. Let's stay on that screen. You still have some oh. stuff to talk about there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I finished is still big part on uh, the Elevate Your Life program is just basically an intensified version and you get more into the brain body connection with that. So it has a component of fitness once a week and then health coaching the other time that week. So I'll see you twice (laughs) in a week to really get to, or, or really find out what's going on. It's a really nice way to understand the brain body.
0: Can we please jump back to the first slide? For sure. Yeah, so the brain and gut connection and the fitness Mm -hmm. plan, how does that sort of work now?
1: Yeah, so I create a customized plan for them that isn't scary. It's to meet them where they are at and then also nutrition-wise kind of going through their pantry and seeing what they're actually eating and so that they can see and understand what's Working and what's not for their body. And then I can create different options for them to have in their pantry, or maybe switching that for something that's vegetable forward, plant friendly forward, or having a different type of protein, you know, going more grass fed versus just something that is easy to grab in a grocery store.
0: So I definitely understand that you give people sort of a fitness plan, but how do you sort of look at their brain and gut connection in a sense? Do you sort of look more for allergies, certain difficulties? Do you do saliva? T- I'm not sure. How do you look at that? Their- oh, yeah.
1: So um, I do give them that uh, follow your gut e-workbook. So from there it's the irritants what is irritating their body and prior to that before I even have our first session I do a health history with them so I find out you know past things whether they have high blood pressure or they have allergies to a certain foods so that way I know what recipes or things to avoid in sending them and work on the things that are right for their body and then also taking things out. So'm I'm, I'm big into let's see what's irritating the gut. And then also seeing what's clogging up the brain. So what's getting you to feel brain fog during the day and finding the right amount for that person because if you're if you're a six foot two guy versus me, a five foot four girl, it's going to be a different amount of water you need. One size doesn't fit all.
0: Now with personalized worksheets, are those more Q&A based or how do those work? What type of information do you get from those? Is that part of the getting information for sort of brain, gut connection, fitness plan? I'm assuming you work with tons and tons of people. So maybe these worksheets are used for you to get lots of information very quickly.
1: Exactly. So I I do have general worksheets and then sometimes, depending on the person, I create just literally a plan for them. So what exactly do they need after we like, like I said, after that health history, after the gut workbook? I see, okay, this is working. This is not working. Let's come up with a game plan for these next three months. And then let's add that fitness element to it and make sure I hold them accountable. So I'll, I'll check in on them with uh, Voxer and do little messages like, Hey, how's your Wednesday been going specifically? Have you, have you drank and have you had enough water today? So just checking in always. Because that's how they succeed—is really with accountability—is what I've found.
0: Now, what about the investment and the pay-in-full bonus? Can you sort of get into sort of the business side of this? Was were your costs always like this? Do you they, sort of work with clients thinking more in the long term, or is it more of a short-term contract deal? How does this all work?
1: Yeah, so I basically have come up with the investment with a my experience and then b with i how i know how i know how valuable this is for these people especially in corporations corporate professionals they want that high touch service so i'm not going to just give them something that's on Pinterest I'm going to make sure that this really resonates with their whole being. This is for them. This is for the stressed out high achiever that knows if they don't change this now, it's just going to get worse. So that's, that's why I created this investment and investment. I like better than cost because if you're saying I'm investing in my future versus this is the cost of the program, I have found that it, it, it also creates this mind shift. Like, I'm putting, I'm putting some time into this. I'm really going to show up for this program.
0: All right. Now, I think we should go to the second slide now. Definitely. You covered a lot of great stuff here. I sort of have an understanding about how you get clients and how you sort of draw them in. You, you know You do individualized coaching. You understand how they operate. You get information, and then you tell them that you're investing in them. You know, so I think those are some really good selling points. Now, you. you have your elevate your life three month program. Is this any different from the other programs? So this one looks more like yeah, this is a lot more activity based. From what I yes,
1: it. and this is, this has been a great program for my clients that have been in my fitness world and are starting mm-hmm. to. Wants that extra push and never really invested in their health before, so it's it's like an, it's a non-scary way to get them in, and th- it gets more time with me, and they also get the benefit of of feeling both the brain and body connection work in a short period of time, ninety days, and you get all of those sessions twice a week. It it just can fill them up with a lot more energy faster. So that's why I created that program. And then I did from there, like after those two programs were created, I decided to start to reach out to businesses. So I knew that that was my my next step.
0: All right. Sounds good. And now enrich your workplace. So this one's okay. So this one looks more mind focused now. Yeah, oh, this one.
1: Definitely. Um, I came up with this again. I love, I love having ease <laughs> if you couldn't tell. So I was like, okay, here's one level enhance and then elevate and then tying it all together, bringing it into the workplace was the last level that I felt uh, needed to happen. So some of my clients have actually referred me to their businesses and their offices and I'll do a Pilates plus stretch class or reduce stress, improve productivity masterclass. It just gives them different options for their workplace. And I usually send a brochure along, have the company hop on a call so I can meet their needs.
0: And this is a bit interesting because I do understand a little bit on coaching and I think group coaching, well, this is my understanding. Group coaching is a lot more, Better for businesses, they're a lot more in the later stages because you can cover a lot more people. But private sort of is the ideal one when your business is first starting out. And I find usually a coach will commit to one or the other. Which ones are you more committed to? Are you more of the group coacher type or the private coacher type?
1: So it's funny because I've been doing fitness for so long as a group instructor. And then I've also been doing private coaching for the exact amount of period of time. So when I first started my expansion of doing health coaching, I knew that I wanted to still have both in my life. So I took action right away in both, which a lot of people would say, are you nuts? Like that's, that's a little too crazy, but I've made it easy in a sense that it's, it's contract based, right? So I might do a masterclass for them, but if they feel once I've connected with them or once I've connected with some of their employees, I might get a reach out saying, hey, I would love to do some private coaching with you. So it just is a way to kind of go hand in hand and kind of help layer my own business.
0: And when you say weekly, monthly or quarterly, what does that mean? I know I'm nitpicking here a little bit, but
1: No, that's fine.
0: Uh, I think to know about this.
1: So if I do a big corporate contract, I will actually give them the option of, "Hey, does your business need me to do workshops, masterclasses, or are you looking for a small group coaching program where Mm -hmm. I come into your office weekly, biweekly, or monthly to kind of examine those? Let's say, like, there's like five people in." One group of the office, and we just focus in on maybe their limiting beliefs of how they are productive with their job, or limiting beliefs of I can't make it to the next level in my career. So, encouraging them and finding ways to improve their skill level or just be a little more productive around their time at work. So that, that's what uh, the difference is between those.
0: Hmm. So if I was, so any of the people here listening can actually just call you and you could sort of provide them with a little bit of this Enrich Your Workplace option, correct?
1: Definitely, yep. Right.
0: And I'm looking at the masterclass topics here and sort of give, these all look fairly similar, but sort of give your view on how reducing stress improves productivity, harnessing mindfulness, taking time for you, following your cup. How do all of these things work and fall in line? You don't have to give everything.
1: Yeah, I, I'd say the reduced stress, improved productivity. What I liked about it was the juxtaposition between the two. So you wouldn't think that reducing your stress would actually give you more time to be productive, but it does because if you're able to create Different spaces, and I go into different spaces of your home life and then of like your office surroundings, and talking about creating a a lovely space for you to work in. It really does help you with your productivity because you're not surrounded by clutter. So that's just one example of what I would talk about in there. In Harness Mindfulness, I talk about the three different types of self care whether it be emotional, physical, my gosh, of course, I'll forget the other one. But um, emotional, physical are definitely a huge component. And just being aware that you don't have to get a massage to necessarily experience self-care those simple ways, even like a deep breath is going to help you. So that's something that's important. And then uh following your gut is the other one that is very popular and it's just all about understanding gut health and how detoxifying your gut is going to help you increase your energy levels for your whole day.
0: And sort of following your gut, how does that sort of So I understand gut feeling can be intuition? It could be feeling? How do you sort of tap into your gut feeling? Because it's probably unique for everyone.
1: Yeah. So for me, I personally experienced that when I started understanding what was wrong with my gut and the different times of day that my stomach would be in knots, it was usually around some sort of thing that was stressing me out. So let's say I had I I was going to give a speech, right? I was going to be, or be a speaker at an event. I would start to feel my stomach tensing up. Maybe I'd get a little sort of like pulsing sensation in the frontal cortex of my brain. And I would just immediately go in flight or fight mode. So it's having the awareness to know, hey, this is going to pass. And then also... I need to take a moment for myself to just breathe and let that energy out. If I need to use some sort of technique, like a myofascial technique, giving myself a massage or getting on my foam roller, if I'm at home to just release some of that energy, that negative energy, that's what I encourage myself to do and my clients.
0: Okay. And then facial release techniques. I've never heard of that before. That sounds really interesting.
1: So I teach this fascial release. It's basically, you can, you know, it's almost like a massage and you just give yourself, especially when you get tense, kind of right at the side, you can start at your cheekbones and then you can work your way up to the crown of your head and give a cranial massage, go from front to back, just to release some of that energy that might be stuck. And I'm really big on stuck energy. We don't want to feel like glue. So just kind of like even like something like this, pulling apart and just trying to release any stuck energy through our bodies.
0: Hmm. All right. Let's go to the next slide now. Let's see what that's about.
1: Yeah. So I have all these different fitness uh, conditioning packages and enhanced fitness plan. And then I do a couple of group fitness classes. This was especially helpful during COVID. Um, They, many of my clients that actually I I used to train at corporations, they were telling me they were in need of something. So I created this and an easy booking link for them. And then the last thing that I have are some add ons of pantry cleanup just a nice uh, assessment of what's going on in your fridge. And I haven't done this as much just because people haven't felt totally comfortable in a grocery store, but taking them through a grocery store and how to navigate the produce as well as the meats and different proteins, what is pretty good and And what kind of is a little toxic for their bodies. So meeting their dietary needs, of course, too.
0: So pantry cleanup, what is sort of your... Okay, I think we could go on about that after you show me all this. Let's just keep going on the slides. (laughs) So
1: the rest of this is just some testimonials. I have abundance of them over the years. And um, it's really this was actually uh, the person I was telling you about earlier who's the CFO. And we just, she started with Pilates and then started in the realm of coaching and just really, you know, progressed and I just absolutely loved working with her. Um, I've worked with, you know, I've worked with a variety of people. I've worked with a journalist and then a data and analysis analyst manager. So, it's been. Um, I'm very blessed and, and happy to work with everyone that I've I've had. It's just been an amazing experience, and I'm excited for the future.
0: All right. Very good. Now, now the next thing I kind of want to get into is what is sort of the. I, I kind of noticed at the end. I kind of have an understanding of what you know. You look at what people are doing with food, and then you sort of show them how to shop. What are I think every sort of healthy person has a set of, you know, a general philosophy on what's, are you more low carb, high carb, you know, something between those lines? Are you more of a style of eating? You know, like how does that
1: work? I, uh, for me, I definitely am into intermittent fasting. So eating during those eight hours, but, and then having the rest of the hours off just, to let the body process the food, but I'm also, I'm not into low carb, high carb, or uh, what was the other one? That's very popular keto. I'm never into prescribing. I always say if you need to go to a dietitian, go and do that. But I I'd rather them intuitively think about what they're putting into their bodies and making just choosing that healthier option. So yeah, if, if the meat, if you're doing grass-fed meat, it's $2 more, but you're probably getting the right portion that's for your body. So, and, and starting to enjoy those flavors and, and figuring out ways to season. I love to teach about seasoning, you know, different salts, and different things you can create in your home versus just buying a bottle and dumping it on there. Makes it more fun.
0: Right, right. And how do you think what you eat maybe. A little bit different from the average person. I'm trying to get sort of the secret here, if you want.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think for me, it's it's just taking simple ingredients and bringing them together to make them brighter versus heavy. So I might choose for my salad dressing to do olive oil a little balsamic, and then lime juice. And it's just three things. And then maybe I'd add just a tad bit of salt, but I'm not going to douse it in salt, just a pinch, just to give it a little bit more flavor. Or pepper, if you can't have salt.
0: And how was your way of eating sort of different from the way you first began to eat? How did you kind of make that jump? What were sort of the issues you had with eating? Your relationship?
1: I was a grab-and-go person, and I wouldn't even think of what I was putting into my body. So, like, in college, Subway, eat fresh, it wasn't at all for my body. My body would be – and I'm not going to gross anyone else out, but I'd be on the toilet a lot, and I was like, this is not good for my stomach. But it was also because I was having soda, and soda doesn't work for me. So just – changing and switching my mindset of what I needed.
0: And sort of that process, when you eat those foods all the time, what type of fasting style do you do? I'm not I'm not really a faster. I like to eat, you know, a little bit of food every day, but are you more of an OMAD type or what is your opinion on all these different styles of fasting? Fasting is a very, it's- very large topic.
1: There's Yeah, exactly. There's so many and there's such a variety. And even in the intermittent fasting, there's like five different programs. For me, it's when I'm hungry, not starving, but when I'm hungry, I'll eat. So within those eight hours, I, you know, today I got Chipotle because I was like, if I keep craving Chipotle, then it's going to get out of hand. And then I'm going to just stack everything on top and eat it all in one sitting versus like I was, I acknowledged it. I went and I was hungry, not starving. And I had the right amount of portion for that Chipotle today. Um, But then I also knew tonight I'm going to have something that's a little more balanced uh, regarding, you know, protein. I didn't have much of that. I had more beans and rice, which is a complete protein. But I know for my body, especially with my fitness training, that I need a bit more. So just kind of adding on to my um, my fasting it changes honestly daily just depending on my activity
0: level so you will fluctuate your fasting so you won't always do maybe a twenty four hour fast or oh, stop no, your no, no. stopping or oh okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It will be like I will eat for I, I won't say I will eat for eight hours, but I'm eating through those eight hours and I'll still have like three meals or I might have two two meals and then like three, maybe snacks like hummus and, and vegetables. But for the most part, it's it's um, just during those eight hours and then I let my body rest for 12. But I also don't do that every day. And, and everyone's different, right? Some people do it Monday through Friday and then don't do it on the weekends. For me, I kind of do it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Because that's when I'm not as active, maybe with my fitness. So I know I can have a longer period of time to just let my body relax.
0: And when we're talking about mindset. Can you actually have the approach of losing weight, but not the mindset? How important is the mindset when you do all this? And what is what is your headspace need to look like when you're going through and doing this stuff?
1: Well, for me, it's, it's the knowing that I can do these things versus my limiting beliefs in the past where I've had fears, you know, about um, the kind of food I've been putting into my body. Like I was like, oh, no, I had a, I had a soda today that will throw everything off for the week or knowing that it's okay and, and reminding my mind that everything is always changing So that's something I've I've particularly worked on with my clients. Something that comes up a lot is regarding their weight. And it can be very challenging, especially when they're starting to amp up, let's say, protein and they might. And and also um, their weight training, they might notice that they're a little bit uh, more like their weight has gone up a little bit, but their fat has actually gone down because they're doing all the necessary things to actually strengthen the body. So we're building that muscle, not to the point where we feel huge or like the Hulk, but we're building it appropriately to our body mass. And they also notice, even though their weight is increasing, that they're starting to fit into maybe some of the clothes that used to be tighter, So it is a mindset shift because as soon as they see the scale weight, they're immediately thinking, oh, crap, I'm gaining weight. But really what they're doing is increasing their muscle mass.
0: And what were some unique challenges or unique tribulations you had to sort of go through compared to other people?
1: So I think, honestly, with my dad passing, I was emotionally eating like crazy. And, you know, not saying that other people have not lost their father. It's a horrible club to be in. But that was honestly the hardest thing I ever had to go through because not only did I feel like I had to be strong for myself, I had to be a rock for my mom. And I'm an only child. So there was just a lot of I need to now step up and be, you know, the, the supporter, be there for everyone. But really, I needed to be there for myself to help other people.
0: And when you're running your sort of your business, who do you think is your main client base? And what type of client base are you thinking about spreading out to in the future? So this is not a business question, but more of an audience sort of entertainer question.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny, because I'm still a creative at heart. So on the side, I am also making music (laughs) and that's a huge part of my life and it always will be. And I feel I'm a better coach when that's still a part of my life. So my friend and I are actually writing music right now to create, to actually bring to different, um, different songwriters, you could say, or different, different, um, why can't I think of the world? But we're, we're starting to reach out to like TV shows and send our music. So that's another avenue that will always be there that I'm so passionate about is just writing and creating. But I think my client is going to start to go into the more creative type. Maybe someone that is a writer or someone that is a musician looking to create a better schedule for themselves because they're always on the road because I've been there. And so it's something I'm, I'm passionate about and helping provide a service for them.
0: Now you mentioned passion. Why do you think passion is such an important thing to have?
1: I feel if you don't have passion, then why are you doing what you do? And I, I don't mean that to sound so blunt, but if it's not making you happy and it's not, lighting you up inside, then chances are you're living in that stuck energy and you're not going to feel like you can get to the next level of wherever, whatever your career is at.
0: Now to sort of to begin ending this off a little bit, what are some certain impacts you want your business to have? And how are you going to sort of use music in a sense to kind of build off from what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, so um, I kind of already do this in some of my sessions. I usually start the session with music, especially if it's a corporate client. I like to put in a positive, light energy, and so maybe it's maybe it's a Rolling Stones song. I love them so much, um, and like a, a, the song "Time is on on your side" or "Time is on my side." I love to play that to have it as a reminder and they hear it over and over in their head to kind of reinforce these positive habitual changes that can make in their lives. So I'm starting to already do the music thing, but creatively, I would love to see my clients start to find like poetry or take up a hobby. Maybe maybe it's to do electrician work on the side, you know, something that is going to bring them a different type of energy than their work.
0: And why do you think someone would need a different type of energy? Is that more of a...
1: That might be a me thing, for sure, as a coach. But if it's just constantly mundane, I have found that other parts of my clients' lives start to disintegrate. Like it could be their relationship. It could be their career. It could be their relationship with food. It could be that they're bored with their fitness routine. So they stop completely. If they find new ways to energetically get them into a joyful space, I've just found that they find something new and exciting about themselves that makes them want to almost like an adrenaline rush, feel that more.
0: And this is a question I always ask the coaches that come on my show. And what do you consider the definition of a coach?
1: Who? I think it's someone that listens to their client. Like I think that's what honestly makes a coach a just amazingly talented and be have the ability to just crush any sort of limiting belief they ever had. I feel coaches, a lot of us can get stuck in one place versus think outside of the box and where their, their company could go next. But definitely a good listener, someone who's driven, passionate, and always learning is is the coach that I look for.
0: Okay, now are there any final words or... Statements you'd like to give to the audience?
1: For sure. Um, you know, I want to remind everyone that they can, if they motivate their minds, the body can follow. And that it doesn't have to happen like a snap of the hand. It will take time, but it will be worth the time because you're going to discover so many wonderful things about yourself if you give yourself a chance to get coached. And if uh, anyone ever wants to, you know, come and do a 30 minute consult, I do a customized 30 minute free balanced your life plan. And it's been a great way to just meet people and also find some takeaways that you can implement that day.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for being on the Jim Paris show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was a wonderful conversation.
0: Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish show.